Yes, welcome into a, another edition of the J-Man Sports Podcast on this beautiful Friday in Windsor, Essex. Pretty warm. Didn't really need a coat today. and did take one when I went out, but um, didn't really need it. it was, I saw 8 Celsius on uh, in my car, so that's pretty good. Uh, pretty good week as well. Uh, glad to have you aboard. Um, this is going to be... Episode 53 is going to be dedicated to the MLB offseason. When I envisioned this podcast, this is what I envisioned. Talking about the winter meetings. It was one of my favorite weeks in sports is the winter meetings. And the last two years, really nothing has happened um, at the winter meetings. It's a bunch of rumors. It's been, uh, this is what I live for. This is what I envisioned. So what I envisioned is now coming to life. It's like, it's like my saying, uh, be a, see the vision, be the vision. This is exactly uh, what I see. Uh, this is what I envisioned when I started this podcast. So we're going to be dedicated to the MLB offseason. We're going to discuss Harper, Machado, uh, where are they going to sign. We're going to discuss uh, Remuto. Where is he going to get traded? We're going to discuss um, Dave Dombrowski's comments um, about kind of the MLB offseason. I thought they were pretty interesting. We're going to also discuss the Blue Jays because apparently a lot of people like them. Uh, we're going to discuss the Detroit Tigers. We'll also discuss the American League Central. There's a lot of stuff going on in the Central. There's a trade that happened that involved one of the American League Central teams that I don't really understand, so we'll break that down. Obviously, we'll have our NFL pick six for you. Uh, I would love to do a bowl game pick six. There's enough bowls to go around. Uh, I just really don't... Um, I really don't know any of the teams, and so I don't want to give you a, a part of an opinion that maybe doesn't really matter. Um, just looking, I, I'm, I'm just looking at one thing here in the Mid-American Conference. All right, it is uh, Georgia Southern taking on... Eastern Michigan. That I could not remember the team taking on Eastern Michigan in the Camellia Bowl. That's what I was looking up. I'm gonna go, obviously I gotta pick. I gotta pick Eastern on that one. That's the only game I really care about on the schedule, to be honest. And I don't. I have not seen like any of the teams that are playing, uh, other than I've seen a little bit of Eastern Michigan play. So go Eagles on that one. Uh, but first, I'd like to remind you how you can stay connected to this podcast. You can stay connected to this podcast through our social media pages, Facebook, Jamie and Sports, Instagram, Jamie and Sports Podcast, Twitter at Jamie and Sports Pod. Also, you can download all of our episodes on uh, on Google Play Music and iTunes. That's right. You can listen to my beautiful voice wherever you go. That means if you're traveling to another country or you're just, you know, you're, you're going to bed or, or you're traveling in your car to work, you can listen to me. I know that's what I would do. I would listen to me. Again, you can uh, search us up on Google Play Music and iTunes uh, at j-mansports. Right, j-mansports. Just type that in iTunes, type that into Google Play Music. And you'll find it, and you'll find us, and it'll be exciting, and you'll go, and you can download it straight to your phone or your tablet or your laptop. It's pretty cool. Um, yeah, jump into baseball. Sorry, that's I'm working on a new promo for that. I know it was kind of a bad listen there, um, but I am working on a new promo, and we're going to be adding a website here 
pretty soon. So we'll add that to the mix as well. So just bear bear with us. We'll we'll get that promo down straight. All right, jumping into the MLB offseason. Like I said, this is something that I envisioned doing when I first thought of this podcast. Um, talking about the winter meetings, you're having a baseball roundtable discussion. And look, uh, let's dive right in to the big two free agents, Bryce Harper, Manny Machado. We didn't really hear much on them this week. I mean, yes, we heard the Yankees. Um, Brian Cashman said they're in on Machado, but they're not in on Harper. Um, and then we've kind of heard different destinations for either one. We've heard that the White Sox and that the Reds have emerged as being really aggressive teams. And the White Sox got a ton of money to spend. So do the Reds as well. Um, and we kind of, we, we saw some trades and we're hearing some trades uh, that are going on at the baseball and range. But let's dive into Harper Machado. Where do you think they are going to land? These guys are 26 years old. These guys could be the face, the faces of their franchise. For years to come. Where do you believe they will sign? In my personal opinion, I don't believe that they're going to get the contracts they desire. I just don't think there's going to be a team that's going to be willing to commit to these guys for 10 years. I understand that there's opt-out clauses and all that. I just don't think they're going to get the 10-year mega deal. They're going to they're gonna get the, the average annual value they're going to get a whole lot of a whole lot of 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 money but i just don't think they're gonna i don't think the team's gonna go 10 years with anybody and also i don't think that these players at the end of the day want to even go their full 10 years they'll want to hit free agency again and they want to be able to test the water and bridge again probably around the age of 30 okay so where do i think that harper machado could go well Look, the, like I said, the White Sox have a ton of money. I don't think that makes sense for Bryce Harper, basically because Harper wants to go to a contender, and I don't see the White Sox as being a contender like this season. And they could be if they do some things. When we talk about the AL Central, we'll get into it a little bit because the AL Central is wide open. But, I mean, are they really going to be competing for a World Series this year? I don't think so. They could be competing for a playoff spot. I don't think necessarily a World Series right now. I think Manny Machado makes sense for the White Sox because I think they 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 need an upgrade, and I I don't necessarily think that winning is everything to Manny and Machado. Uh, so I think the White Sox makes sense for Machado. When it comes to the Yankees, I think I think it's so blatantly obvious that, that Bryce Harper fits the Yankees. Left-handed bat, grew up a Yankees fan, wants to play for a contender, and he wants to play for the Yankees. It makes sense. The only thing that doesn't make sense is Harper wants to have a beard and the Yankees won't let him have a beard. It's the only thing that 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 won't make sense. He's have he's a, he's got a little bit of experience uh playing first base. I know people would go, "Well, what about they have a stacked outfield?" He has some experience playing first base. I think it makes a lot of sense if you can if you if he wants to play first base, which I think that he would if he's going to the Yankees. Um I think that that's a really good fit for him. I just don't see Manny Machado as being a fit in New York. They already have a shortstop. They already have a third baseman. I understand D.D. Gregorius is going to be out, but you're not going to pay a guy $25, 30000000 million to be a fill-in player at short for you. You've got Miguel Andujar, who is lights out, who's, who's going to, I think he's a 30-homer, 40-double uh, guy. Like he's an extra base machine. No, 
he doesn't play as good a defense as Manny Machado, and I get it, but I agree with what Brian Cashman said. I think those are all fixable issues. Okay. Um, look, I think I, I think when it comes to the Phillies, again, these are teams that kind of have interest in both. Then when it comes to the Phillies, Phillies also have a lot of money to spend. I think they make sense for either one. Uh, I don't think they're necessarily going to, again, be, gonna be competing for a World Series next year. So that's why I maybe don't think that Harper makes sense. But they do have a very big need in the outfield. And he's obviously the best out, the best outfielder available. And I don't think them signing McCutcheon really hampers them in their ability to sign Bryce Harper. Um, and I know they just got Gene Segura, but Segura can move to second base if need be, if they were to get Manny Machado. So where do I think these guys are going to go? At the end of all this, where do I think they're going to go? Well, here is where I believe. I believe Bryce Harper will sign with the Yankees. I think the other big suitors for him, again, are the Phillies, White Sox. Other teams I didn't mention were the Dodgers, uh, the Cincinnati Reds. Um, and uh, I just don't think the Dodgers make sense. I think they're, they have to move too much. Uh, they don't have to move too much money around. They don't have to move too many players around to make room for him. Uh, the Reds don't make sense because I think that they're more than a year away from actually competing. They're aggressive, and I give them a lot of credit, but they're more than a year away from actually being there. Again, the Phillies, I just don't think there's enough star power that would attract Bryce Harper there that would make him go, okay, these guys are going to compete for a World Series, especially because the Nationals just added Patrick Corbin. That's a pretty good rotation if healthy which is a big thing if steven strasberg can stay healthy um and the white Sox, i think that they again they're a year away from actually competing from a world series i just think the yankees make too much sense he wants to be there uh the cubs i think the cubs would have to move too many players to get bryce harper which i just don't think they're in a position to do as for any machado I was gonna say the White Sox. I think they. I think it's an obvious one. Um, but I. But I'm gonna. I'm gonna go with the Philadelphia Phillies. I understand they got Gene Segura, but I think that he moves over to second, and and Machado goes to short, and all of a sudden, the middle of the infield looks really, really good. And you look at up the middle with with Alfaro, and then you've got Segura at second, Manny at short, and you've got a double Herrera in center. They always say you want to build your, your Major League Baseball teams up the middle. Your catcher, your pitchers, your shortstop, second baseman, and your center fielder. And I think and I think the Phillies are doing are, are doing just that. But they were in on J Hap. They didn't they didn't they didn't get him, but they were in on J Hap. They do have an obvious pitching need. But I think Machado makes a lot of sense for them. So again, if I were to tell you where I believe Bryce Harper, Manny Machado are gonna go. I believe Harper to the Yankees, and I believe Machado to the Phillies. I don't believe they get their 10-year deals, but I believe that they get their money. They get their average annual value up. I really do believe it. Then there's going to be a bunch of opt-out clauses in this in, in either one of their deals. Moving on to the trade side of things, the biggest trade name is JT Remuto, catcher for the Marlins, arguably the best catcher in the game right now. And we're hearing a lot of the Mets. That's really the one team that we're hearing constantly is the Mets. We've heard the Cincinnati Reds kind of. We've heard the Yankees in like the very, very back. We've heard the Dodgers. And that, I think, is the team that makes the most sense for JT Remuto. And I think that's where he's going to end up. I think the Mets, and I, I really like what, uh, what Brody is doing 
with the Mets. I really do. I really like it that he's actually being aggressive. He didn't just come into it and go, okay, you know what? We're just going to burn it to the ground and that's it. The Mets don't have horrible contracts like a team like Detroit does or a team like the Los Angeles Angels have or like the um, Seattle Mariners have. Like they don't have those bad contracts. I would say you want to assess, but this is probably their worst contract that they have. Okay. Um, um, well, and now obviously with Robinson Cano, now it's probably a bad con. You could argue that that's, that's a bad contract. Um, and so I think the Mets can be a little bit aggressive. And that's what the one thing that we, we've come to know with the Mets is in the offseason, they, they tend not to be aggressive. But I just don't think they have the players to give up in a Remuto trade that makes sense for the Marlins to do it. I think I think the Mets should spend their money on Yasmani Grandal. I think he makes a lot more sense for the Mets. I really do. I think JT Remuto, I think if I were to, again, if I were to say where he's going to go, I think he's going to go with the Dodgers. I think he fits the Dodgers. He can do multiple different things, hit in multiple different uh, areas in the lineup. He can run. He can field. And the, at the end of the day, the Dodgers have the prospects. They've got the the uh, Kerbert uh, Ruiz. They've got the, uh, the Alex Verdugos. They've got the prospects to do it. So I really believe, and I think he makes sense because he adds he adds that athleticism factor. I just think he makes sense, and I think it just all makes sense for the for the uh, for the Marlins to do that kind of deal. So again, I think Harper goes to the Yankees. I think Machado goes to the Phillies, and I think Remuto goes to the Dodgers in a trade. So that's that's where I think they will sign. Um, if you have if you have an opinion as to where Bryce Harper Manny Machado will sign and, and where you think JT Ramuto will be traded, join the conversation via our social media pages, Facebook JBN Sports, Instagram JBN Sports Podcast, Twitter JBN Sports Pod. Alright, moving on. Dave Dombrowski. Okay, he came out and he made a comment. Now, normally he's very aggressive at the winter meetings, and this winter meeting he's kinda quiet. He kinda said there's a lot of he did say that there's gonna be a lot of relievers that are gonna probably go in the next few days. He also said that the Red Sox probably aren't going to re-sign Kimbrel, especially if he wants over $100 million. I don't think there's any way that there's going to be a team that's going to do that for Craig Kimbrell. Uh, but he said something about there has to be a deadline with the MLB offseason for where these guys are going to uh, are going to sign and where these guys are going to trade or the teams are going to trade because it ends up being a whole 12-month process. And initially, you could argue that he's trying to be like, oh, well, he doesn't want to work for 12 months. Um, and you could arguably say that. But I actually believe him. Because you have now agents. Scott Boris, notorious, who represents Bryce Harper, notorious for take, for having his star players, or having any of his players, is to try to get the best deal and, and, and elongate the process. Try to get the best deal possible. That's always, it's been his philosophy. And so he will, he will stretch it out um, a long, long way. He will. Uh, he'll stretch up the process. And I think that and then there's a lot of other agents that are now starting to copy that. And so now we're seeing 
bigger free agent sign later in the offseason. One of the reasons why I always loved the MLB offseason was because a lot of stuff happened fast, and there were a lot of rumors. And basically by the winter meetings, there were a lot of big players that were already signed. Not all of them, but but some of the big players were signed. There were some big trades. That's why I typically love the winter meetings. The last two years, there haven't really been anything. I mean, writers will try to tell you, all. The, oh my gosh, there's so much stuff, but there really wasn't a lot going on at the winter meetings this year. There's a lot of rumors, a lot of talk, but not a lot of really substance. So I kind of agree with Dave Dombrowski. I think there's got to be a deadline somewhere around the trade deadline and January 1st. Somewhere in there, mine would probably be January 1st would be my deadline. And then basically uh, teams can't sign anybody or, or they, they can't sign anybody or, or trade with anybody until March 1st. So it gives like it's 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 like there's a deadline to get to, and if you don't get it, then you can't sign until March first at the very very earliest, and it'll cause these GMs and it'll cause these agents to move faster. And I actually think that it'll help players get more money because GMs and that they're going to be more willing to give out money. Teams are going to be more willing to give out money to get guys. So ultimately, I think you know, they're going to end up. I think this is a win-win for both. It's a, it's a win for the organizations because hey, they get to have the two months kind of off, kind of to, kind of to you know, um, maybe do some scouting, uh, you know, take a couple, you know, take a week off and 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 do kind of that thing, um, get their get all their staff in order, um, and it gives the players that time where they know when they're going to sign they know okay it's not going to be they're going to sign february 28th or they're going to sign february 4th or they're going to sign january 31st they know that by january 1st they have to be signed now there's going to be a lot more that goes into because you will get a lot of agents that will just hold their players until march 1st until they believe that that a deal will uh would be better Think that, that people will offer more money. So there has to be sort of like you can't negotiate a deal or nothing in that two month period. Like I said, it'd be a little bit, it'd be complicated, but I do think that it's needed. I think there needs, need, and these agents aren't doing anything wrong. I'm not blaming the agents. They're not doing anything wrong by by taking a long time for this process. They're trying to help their clients in the best way possible. It's just. Um, it's just, I think these teams have to look at it and go, okay, we need to, we need to fix this. We need some more action that will get people interested in our league. Why is, why I always say people are attracted to drama, right? People love dramas on TV plays in their lives. People are attracted to whether you like drama or not, you're attracted to drama. And and adding a deadline attracts people. It attracts drama, which will attract people to your game. Think about this offseason, having a deadline for Manny Machado and Bryce Harper, and it'd be kind of at the winter meetings that something would happen. You you would get a lot of intrigue, a lot more intrigue into the winter meetings, I think. I think it helps all the way around. So I agree with Dave Nebraska. If you don't agree with Dave Nebraska, if you just think that he's being that guy that's like, I don't want to work. 
for 12 months out of the year and you just want to suck it up, you could tell me that. I personally think it's something that needs to happen where there's a certain period where they can't negotiate, they can't sign, and they can't make trades. They got to focus on their own team, whether it's getting their staff together. Because like, like, look at the Baltimore Orioles. It took a long time to hire a GM and then they took a long time to hire a manager. Like There needs to be some sort of period where then they can get their staff together. So that's not all just off-season all the time. So I think it's a good thing what David Dombrowski said. If you don't agree with me, you can join in the conversation via our social media pages, Facebook, Jamie and Sports, Instagram, Jamie and Sports Podcast, Twitter, Jamie and Sports Pod. All right. The Blue Jays have been pretty quiet. Uh, they, did, they did do one headline move, and that was release shortstop Troy Tulowitzki. It was needed. He was not going to play shortstop, and they have a log jam at the DH and first base position. It was inevitably going to happen with Tulo. And it should have happened with Tulo. It really should have. Uh, I think he was overdone. I, I, I think his time with the Blue Jays it was underwhelming. He got hurt. The, the, turf, the turf monster got him. Everything that people feared when, they, when the Blue Jays made that trade came true. Everything. Um, now, what do I think next is for Tulowitzki? Look, I think ultimately he could sign with the Yankees if he, if he wanted to be a first baseman. And then again, they already have a whole, they already have a, their DH filled. Um, but if he wanted to go over and play first base, I think the Yankees make a lot of sense. Again, I think the Yankees make a lot of sense for a lot of, for a lot of different teams or for a lot of different players. Um, I think a team like, again, like a Marlins team makes sense for him. Um... I think there, there's going to be there's going to be six teams, six to ten teams that are going to be interested in Tulowitzki. He's still got a lot left in the tank because of his injuries. He's, I think he's got a lot of energy. He's got a lot left in the tank. He's just got to get healthy. From the Blue Jays' standpoint, like I said, this was something now that had to happen. It couldn't wait any longer. It couldn't. And the Blue Jays are in this position where they're in no man's land. Okay, they don't know whether to actually go and compete or to kind of sell off and, and and maybe play for years to come. In my personal opinion, I think they should play for years to come because I don't I think get their window for their rebuild is a lot smaller than a lot of other teams because they've got a lot of pitchers that are right uh, young pitchers who are right there on the cusp of being major league ready. Obviously Vladdy Guerrero Jr.'s MLB ready. I think Bo Bichette is ready and then will be ready. I think a lot of their top prospects they're at that mlb ready like maybe they could use a couple months in the minors yet to um to work some kinks out but i think that a lot of their young players are pretty close to being major league ready so i think that maybe not 2019 maybe the blue jays just kind of suck the tank for 2019 and i think 2020 2021 are their years where they're really going to be well i don't think i don't think if they were to go into a rebuild process it would all of a sudden be like boom okay um um they you know have to go in there for seven years no they could be like a two three year thing and then they could compete again and look, so that, that means I believe that they should trade Marcus Stroman. I really do. Get some more MLB-ready talent. He's coming off a bad year, but ultimately, and on any pitching staff he goes to, he's a number one or number two. He wants the ball. He's a guy that, when healthy, can eat up innings. Okay? He was, uh, it was unhealthy last year. I think you could still get a lot from Marcus Stroman. 
I'm not going to say the same thing for Aaron Sanchez. We've seen flashes of Aaron Sanchez be brilliant, and we've seen flashes of him not be brilliant. And he's been hurt a lot. Um, and I don't think you'd get the value. Because ultimately, when, when you trade a guy, you want to get either the same value back or a higher value back. And I think for Stroman, you can still get a higher value or the same value. Whereas for Aaron Sanchez, I think you get below value for him, for what he could be worth. Uh, I think if at the trade deadline, if he's if he's having a good year, then yeah, absolutely. I think fair game, trade him. I there's nothing really you could do with Justin's with uh, with Smoke and with Kendrys Morales. Kevin Pilar would have some interest, but again, he'd be more of a like a third, maybe even a fourth outfielder on some teams. He's really good defensively, but offensively, he's not. I mean, he's average. He's an average offensive outfielder. Um, obviously defensively he's fantastic um, and I just think in this division there's three teams in the division that are obviously trying to compete the Red Sox, Yankees and the, and the Rays and I just don't think that I don't think that they're in it for the division and I don't think that they really have a shot at the wild card given who they all have on their rosters they have a good roster but not like it's one of those rosters that you will look at and kind of just go eh. When you look at it, they just kind of go, eh. It's a good roster, not a great roster. And there's no, that's not to say anything bad about the guys who were on the Blue Jays roster. Randall Gritchett, you know, played well last year. He, for stretches. I think that they have some young pieces in place and some veteran pieces in place. I just think if they were, I think they need to go for it. They need to trade Marcus Stroman. Now, for a team that's already going through their rebuild, is the Detroit Tigers. And look, the state of their rebuild, it's going to be a lot longer than what I even anticipated. I don't say anything bad about their prospects. It's not. Uh, their prospects, I think, are pretty good. I think they have. A, I think they have a, a top fifteen farm farm system in Major League Baseball. I really do. Um, but a lot of their guys aren't MLB ready yet. I want to see Daz Cameron in the major leagues this year. I kind of want to see Bo Burroughs in the major leagues this year. Other than that, I don't know if there's really anybody else that like would be that MLB ready, um, um, team or MLB ready player, excuse me. Um, and look, they really don't have a lot to trade. I mean, Nicholas Castellanos is their best player to trade. He's 26 years old, and he's going to be traded after Bryce Harper is off the free agent market. He, that, yeah, he's, he's going to be traded after that. I don't see him being traded before that. I think they could still get a top-level prospect for him. I think they could get three prospects for him overall. I understand he's in the last year of his contract, but I believe that they could get... Um, a top-level prospect, and I believe they could get two lower-level, kind of high-ceiling, you know, high-risk guys um, that could, you know, potentially pan out. But maybe their maybe their ceiling isn't like superly duperly high. They don't think it's always those guys that end up turning out to be great, anyways. So, um, like I said, I think you get one really good prospect, and then two other kind of you know decent prospects, good, solid players um for Nicholas Castellanos when it comes to Michael Fulmer look 
again, it's kind of like what I believe with Aaron Sanchez. It's I think if they were to trade him, I think his value is a little bit higher for what they could get right now. I still think they should dangle him out there, see what they can get for a young, controllable starter. But I think we got to roll the dice with him this year. And we got to see if at the deadline, if he is back to that rookie of the year form, well, yeah, that we could get multiple good prospects for him. But right now, I think we could get kind of the same as Nicholas Castellanos. One really good prospect, and then you get some other kind of like good, decent prospects back in return. But I don't think, but I think his value could be more than that. And there's a lot of teams that need pitching. I just think that the, you, that you could get more for him at the trade deadline. But I do think that they should dangle him out there. And for the state of their rebuild, I don't know. I, I don't know if I like where they're going. I don't know. I didn't love it that they signed Jordy Mercer. I didn't love it that they signed Tyson Ross. I didn't love it that they signed uh, Matt Moore. Look, this season's going to be bad. Like, it's going to be bad. This is probably the second year of a rebuild is always the worst year in their rebuild process. This is going to be the worst year for the Tigers. They're they're only going to get around the 60 win mark. I I don't believe them going any farther than that. And they, I think, outplayed what everybody thought that they could do last year. And I think they did a wide open division this year. I still believe they're only going to get high 50s to mid 60s in the win category. It's going to be a bad year for the Tigers. And I, I just, I don't know if I believe in the rebuild. I don't know if I believe in Alavila. I just don't. Um, look, his contract comes up at the end of next season. So I, I would, we're going to be really interested to see what the Tigers do, how they improve this season and how they improve the season after. Because it's after, not this next season, the season after, I should have stated that. Uh, that's when Alavila's contract is up. And I, look, I'm, I'm interested to see where they are because you look at it, you know, the Red Wings are in a rebuild and they look pretty damn good. Tigers, they don't look that good. They just don't. Their roster just is not great. Um, but I caution fans and I just go, hey, we're going to get a whole year of Christian Stewart. Um, the guy, the, the, the Garrett pitcher that they just picked up from the Rule 5 draft. We'll get to see him. We'll get to see Joe Jimenez at the closer. There are things to look forward to for this season for Tiger fans. It's just, it's going to be a long rebuild. So, to sum this up, okay, I think the Blue Jays should sell off Marcus Stroman because I think that their rebuild is only going to last two, uh, three years as they get their young guys who are major league ready into the big leagues and they get him some experience, they get him some at bats. Obviously, Vladdy Guerrero Jr., right? Like, I think he can come up here, hit 260 with 25 bombs and over 70 RBIs. He's probably not going to come up until May. I really realistically think that he could do that. I'm not going to put that expectation on him, but I think he could do that. Um, again, get these some get these young guys some at bats when and then you go to the 2020 with some higher expectations in 2021, I think is when you're gonna really compete. As for the Tigers, like I said, the rebuild is gonna be long, a lot longer than what I thought it's gonna be. I thought the cupboard was bare. I don't blame Dave Dombrowski. A lot of Tiger fans blame Dave Dombrowski for where they are. I don't. I look at he made a couple bad trades. The Robbie Ray trade didn't make sense. The David Price trade just hasn't really worked out for their favor. 
Um, and the uh, A.U. Henio Suarez trade just kind of didn't make, you know, it didn't make sense at the time, and it kind of doesn't make sense now because Suarez has been tremendous. You have to remember, Al Alila was the one who traded Corey Knable to the uh, to the Brewers for Francisco Rodriguez, not Dave Dombrowski. Dave Dombrowski, yes, he traded Rick Porcello to the Red Sox to get Yoenis Cespedes, who then he turned into Michael Fulmer. Okay. Dave Dombrowski did a fantastic job. If you look at all the prospects that he traded away, Jacob Turner, Andrew Miller, Cameron Mabin, uh, Rob Brantley, um, I don't know, all the other countless prospects that he traded away, None of them really ever came to have a very, what we would call a successful major league career. I mean, yes, Andrew Miller has come on in his later years. Um, Cameron Maven has carved out a role. Uh, Jacob Turner is more of a stopgap starter slash reliever. Um, so if you really look at, if you go back and actually look at Dombrowski trades, they weren't horrible. He got you Miguel Cabrera. He got you Max Scherzer. He got you Doug Fister, Anibal Sanchez, Omar Infante. He got you those guys. He signed Prince Fielder. You can argue maybe his signings weren't the greatest, but he was also the one that traded Prince Fielder for Ian Kinsler, who all Tiger fans love, who signed with the San Diego Padres today. So I don't blame Dave Dombrowski. I really don't. I had to get that off my chest. Uh, but like I said, the Tigers rebuild is going to be long. I think they have some major league guys that are, you know, like Daz Cameron, Bo Burrows, who I think could be up with the major league club this year. I, I just, I want to be, I want to see the young guys play a little bit more this year from the Tigers standpoint. Um, if you don't agree, if, if you have an opinion on the Blue Jays or the Tigers, uh, feel free to comment via your social media pages, Facebook, Jamie Sports, Instagram, Jamie Sports Podcast, Twitter, Jamie Sports Pod. All right. Moving on to the American League Central. There was a trade in the Central that doesn't, to me, that doesn't make sense. The Indians traded Edwin Encarnacion and Yandy Diaz, and I don't know if they traded anybody else. Okay, and a three-team trade. They traded Encarnacion to the Mariners for Carlos Santana. They traded Yandy Diaz to the Rays for Jake Bowers. Jake Bowers makes sense. Young, first baseman, makes a lot of sense. Uh, Carlos Santana, I don't understand it. It must be a money thing. I don't get it. Um, I don't get it from the Tampa Bay Rays perspective, but why they're giving up on a young power hitting first baseman. And I don't get it from the Seattle point other than from the money standpoint. That trade, I don't, they say it's a blockbuster. I don't really think it's a blockbuster. It's just a confusing trade that I don't think any baseball fan really understands. But there's been some rumors around the Indians Trevor Bauer, Corey Kluber, they're looking to trade. They're looking to get some young outfield help. Um, and they realize that they're not going to be able to re-sign those guys. So the, I think the Central is going to be wide open. And I even think, look, if the, if the Indians trade Kluber and Bauer, I still think they are the most talented team. But they could stand to lose their closer, Cody Allen. Um, obviously, they could stand to lose Andrew Miller, those two guys in free agency. Obviously, Kluber and Bauer, if they were to trade them. But they still got Lindor. They still have Jose Ramirez. Danny Salazar, Carlos Carrasco are also pretty good starters as well. I wouldn't say they're top-notch, but they're pretty good starters as well. Let's still say the Indians probably have the best shot to win the Central. But then you look, again, I mentioned a team before, the White Sox. They have a lot of money. They had a, Their payroll was at $71 million this year. After, I believe, 2020, 
or maybe actually, sorry, after after the 2019 season, they've got $5 million locked up for the 2020 season. That's it. They're going to have a lot of big contracts coming off the books. And then they look, they only had $71 million this year. They've got a lot of money to spend. Okay. I think they could be real contenders for the American League Central. The Twins don't have the money. And I don't know what they're doing. I just don't understand where they are as an organization and really what they're doing. I haven't really understood what they've been doing for a number of years. I just don't. And we obviously know that the Tigers and the Royals are both in a rebuild process. So those two teams really don't even have a chance. But there's three teams, the Indians, the Twins, and the White Sox that have a chance. The Twins, I mean, they got Jose Barrios. They've got Byron Buxton, Miguel Sano, who had a bad year last year. Um, They've got some younger, they've got some young talent. But it's always been their bullpen, and it's always been their starting pitching that's always let them down. Lance Lynn, they signed at the end of the offseason last year. It didn't work out. Um, They've had different starters. I mean, Irvin Santana was suspended, and then I believe he got hurt. Um, And their bullpen hasn't been great in recent years either. And I don't think they're really going to go out there and they're really going to spend the money. I think they're going to go get guys like Justin Wilson, guys who are a little bit on the cheaper side. Um, But I think the team to watch is the White Sox in the Central. If I'm the White Sox, I don't sign Harper or Machado. And I don't think either one of them is going to sign with the White Sox. But I don't sign those guys. I I put my name in the bidding, but I don't sign them. The guys who I would sign for the White Sox, Dallas Keuchel, because they have a very young rotation with Kopech and Giolito and Ronaldo Lopez. They got a very young rotation. I mean, I would what Carlos Ro- oh, well, I guess James Shields would be their would be their longest or their 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 their, their most experienced starter. And he's um, towards the end of his career. Go get yourself a guy who's won a Cy Young. Who's been in? Who's been in? Uh, who's also come up uh, um, again in the Cy Young? <clears throat> so, yeah. Excuse me, I cannot form sentences today. Go get yourself a guy who's won a Cy Young award and who's been in multiple. He's been a finalist of multiple Cy Young awards um, in recent years, and a guy who's a world champion. Go get yourself a Dallas Keuchel. People might go, well, yeah, but he's not a power pitcher and in that ballpark. He's pitched in Houston. That's a that is a definite hitter's ballpark, and he's pitched successful in there. So go get yourself, um, go get yourself a Dallas Keuchel. Then I look at their bullpen. Adam Ottavino, I think that's a guy that they really need to go get. Strikeout thrower. Andrew Miller, he's not gonna get a huge deal. He's thirty four years old, coming off a year where he was really hurt. I think he's gonna get a two year maybe a one-year plus an option. He might get three years. I'm not sure. I don't really believe so, but it, go and get that guy. Go get yourself um, Keiko, Ottavino, Andrew Miller. I was going to say Juris Familia before he re-signed with the Mets. And I would even look at a guy like Cody Allen. Go really sure up that pitching staff. And then around your lineup, I think that they're, again, a guy like a Wilson Ramos makes sense for them. A guy who uh, isn't a defensive catcher, but he's, he's, he's got tremendous offensive skills, can, can help um, protect Jose Abreu. 
if you wanted to even sign a guy like Yasmani Grandal, go ahead. Um, I think a guy like Jose Iglesias makes sense. And I know, again, you look at it and go, they already have a shortstop. Well, I like Jose Iglesias' defense, and I like his I like his offense better than I like Tim Anderson. Yes, Tim Anderson showed some power last year, but he only hit 250, strikes out a lot. Uh, whereas Iglesias, not a guy who strikes out a lot. He really makes a lot of contact. He's a guy at the bottom of your lineup that makes a lot of sense. They just signed James McCann today. He's going to be more of a backup catcher type. Um, but like I said, I really believe that Keuchel, Cody Allen, Adam Ottavino, Andrew Miller, and Wilson Ramos. So those are the five guys that the White Sox should spend their money towards because those are guys that aren't going to ask for humongous deals. Ottavino is going to ask for a bigger deal, but he's not going to ask for a deal like Craig Kimbrell. Again, Andrew Miller coming off a bad year. You're not going to pay over the moon for him. Wilson Ramos, yeah, he had a good year last year. You might have to maybe overpay a little bit for him. You're going to overpay a little bit for Dallas Keuchel. But I said, you're shoring up your pitching staff. And you're getting yourself a reliable offensive catcher. I'm not saying that team's going to go to the World Series. I really don't believe so. And you wait till next offseason when you got Nolan Arenado. Uh, you've got Steven Strasburg. You've got um, Aroldis Chapman and uh, uh, Nicholas Castells. You, 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 you got a lot of big-name players coming out next year in free agency. Go spend your money then. I just don't think Harper Machado makes sense for the White Sox. The, the American League Central is going to be, I think, the most compelling Division, because I think it's going to be the worst division. You're going to get a team that's got probably 80 wins that's going to go to the playoffs. They're, they're going to be a, like, like there's going, going to be discussions that basically the second wild card team is going to be better than the team from the American League Central that goes to the playoffs. If the Indians actually do trade Bauer and Kluber. I would still say they're, they're probably the more talented team. But the White Sox have the most opportunity. The Twins, I have no idea what the hell they're doing. And the Tigers and the Royals, they're just there just, you know, just to say, hey, we're, we're here. But you can join the conversation on the American League Central Video, social media pages, Facebook, Jamie Sports, Instagram, Jamie Sports Podcast, Twitter, at Jamie Sports Pod. All right, it's the pick six. Uh, coming at you, NFL style. Uh, last week... To be completely honest, uh, I have no idea how we did last week. I think we did pretty damn good, though. Um, we've got two wins in between. We, we won the, the uh, Bears-Rams, and we won the Browns-Panthers. We lost the Dallas-Philly game. We lost the New England-Miami game, and we won the Houston game. So we were... We were uh, we were above 500. We were above 500. Through, uh, well, we actually were at 500 to be completely honest. Um, we were three and three. Uh, oh, sorry, no, I completely forgot about Seattle. We were four and two. We will get. We were 53 episodes in. You would really think that we'd get organized here. Uh, we were four and two last week at our pick six. So let's jump on this week's. Some big games. First game, we got Saturday football, Saturday pro football coming at you. We got the Cleveland Browns traveling to the Denver Broncos. Broncos taking two and a half from the Browns. You know the Browns are still mathematically 
in the race to win the AFC North. They've had a lot of things go their way. Very realistic things go their way. Pittsburgh has to lose the next two weeks. Um, Cincinnati's got to lose the next two weeks. Baltimore's got to lose one of the next one of the next two weeks. Very, very possible that all those can happen. That's why I'm going to pick Cleveland. I still believe in the Browns. Give me Cleveland uh, in that game outright with the win. Game number two. The Cowboys traveling to Indianapolis. Indianapolis coming off the loss last week to, to Houston. They are taking three from Dallas. I can't pick against Dallas. That defense is legit. It is legit. Their offense is not great. Dak Prescott, not the best quarterback I've ever seen. Okay, their offensive line is good, not great. Amari Cooper's fantastic. I don't think Indy's got enough on the defensive end to stop Dallas, and I don't think they have as much on the offensive end to pressure Dallas. Give me the Cowboys outright with the victory. Game number three, it's the Packers taking on the NFC North leading Chicago Bears. You know what's interesting about the Bears? I'm going to chirp the Bears here a little bit. Their logo actually looks like a toilet seat. I found a picture on one of my old phones, and it was the Chicago Bears logo, how it looks like a toilet seat. It really does. They're not a toilet team, though. They beat the Rams last week. They could have a letdown game. They are taking five and a half. That's normally not the best line um, um, for a team, but I'm going to pick the Bears. I, I think the Packers are just kind of, like, out of it. I, I, I don't know if the Packers are are just going to give up on the rest of the year. I don't know where they are, so give me the Bears at home. Game number four uh, in Pittsburgh. Big one. It's the Patriots at the Steelers. Tom Brady taking on Ben Roethlisberger. Recently, that has just been a complete New England truckload. Now, New England's coming off an emotional loss last week on a freak play that I still don't even know all what happened. I don't know why people are blaming Gronkowski. He didn't have the right angle. There were multiple Patriots players that had the opportunity to bring down Kenyon Drake that didn't. Okay, so they're coming off a horrible loss last week. Pittsburgh's coming off a horrible loss last week. They're on a three-game losing streak. The Patriots are actually uh, plus two and a half. No, I should say the Steelers are plus two and a half in this game. I'm going with the favorite. I'm going with the Patriots. They dominate this rivalry. I don't know where Pittsburgh is. Pittsburgh is just... Uh, they went on a winning. They went. They, they, they all of a sudden they went on like what a three, four game win streak, and now on a three game losing streak. They're a hot and cold mess of a team. Give me the Patriots. Game number five in Los Angeles. It's the Los Angeles Rams hosting the defending Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles. Carson Wentz is going to be out. It'll be Nick Foles that plays for the Eagles. The Rams are taking 12 and a half in this game. I couldn't believe that. I think this game's going to be a lot closer. I, I, I really, really do believe this game's going to be a lot closer than 12 and a half. I'm going with the with the Rams to win, but the Eagles will, will definitely cover. Um, I'm not saying that Nick Foles is going to lead him back to the Super Bowl. I, I think a lot of things got to go Philadelphia's way for that to happen. But... I don't think that they should be 12 and a half dogs on the road. And game number six, the big one in the National Football League. It's the Detroit Lions traveling to the Buffalo Bills. The Bills are taking two and a half from the Lions. 
Well, Matthew Stafford's hurt. There's a bunch of people, a bunch of players that are going to be out for the Lions. I really haven't even watched the Lions the last few weeks. I, I just, I'm a fan, but I'm a fed up fan with Detroit. Um, I kind of feel like because everybody's starting to say, well, they're mathematically still in it because they are mathematically, they could still make the second wild card. They have, they gotta have a lot of teams lose ahead of them. But you know, hey, they win out. They always, they have a shot. I don't think they win this game. I didn't think they won last. I didn't think they would win last week, and they ended up winning. They surprised me. I don't think they ended up winning this week. Give me Buffalo at home. So recap: Cleveland outright win over Denver. Dallas outright win over Indianapolis. Chicago win over Green Bay. New England win over Pittsburgh. Rams win, but Eagles cover. And uh, Buffalo beating the Detroit Lions. And those are the picks. You can take into this podcast via social media pages, Facebook, Jamie Sports, Instagram, Jamie Sports Podcast, Twitter, Jamie Sports Pod. All right, I want to thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for supporting this podcast. And I really encourage you guys to subscribe to our to our uh, Google Play and to subscribe to, uh, to iTunes to download all of our episodes. I really, really, really encourage you guys to do that. I want to thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for supporting this podcast. Don't worry. You definitely will be hearing from me soon. Thank you.